Hello, welcome everyone. I'm Bruce. I'm Greg. And I'm Casey. Together, we will dive into the mysterious world of the hit TV show, Supernatural. Join us as we follow Sam and Dean on some crazy adventures, as we break down episode by episode and have some fun along the way. Today's episode, Season 2, Episode 2, Everybody Loves a Clown, premiered on October 5th, 2006, directed by Philip Screechia and written by John Shivan. We are Natural, Natural Friends. Friends. We've got our pal Greg, we've got our guy Bruce, they've got their other friend who's pretty cool. We're gonna spend some time with Sam and Dean, we're gonna kill some monsters and break down a scene. Remember, spoilers ahead. All right, guys, you are invited to John Winchester's birthday party. What kind of cake does he have? This was my Twitter poll this week. We had chocolate, white, red velvet, and ice cream cake. I bet they picked red velvet. It was tied with chocolate. They're basically the same thing. One's red. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what makes people think red velvet. Like, what, what about you? You said I bet they pick red velvet. Why do you think that about John Winchester? Because John Winchester is a man of class. Oh. Yes. That's a man you look at and say, hey, I bet he likes cream cheese icing. <laughs> Why? we? I bet you said chocolate. You're darn right. I said chocolate. He doesn't like no, chocolate cake. But chocolate like, is like the, the boring answer no that's vanilla which no, no, would be sam okay you're right vanilla is <laughs> boring chocolate is a crowd pleaser neither there of which describe john winchester <laughs> do you think dean is ice cream cake oh yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> <laughs> this week on supernatural sam and dean are introduced to ellen joe and ash after finding a voicemail from ellen on their dead dad's phone ash works on rigging up a system to track down the yellow-eyed demon Meanwhile, the boys kill time by taking Ellen's case of a killer clown. Still coping with the loss of their father, Sam struggles with feelings of guilt, while Dean processes his grief by not hitting on Joe and beating the shit out of his own car. So first, I have a follow-up question about last week's episode. Mm. Do we think that Sam learned anything from this whole experience? So he chose mm. not to kill the demon while also killing their dad which resulted in their dad dying and the demon getting away with the cult. I don't think that's the lesson he learned, though. (laughs) So you think he took nothing from it? I think he took nothing from it. Okay. (laughs) I I think he'd do it again. Okay. Okay. Do you think he learned that his dad isn't as bad as he makes him out to be sometimes? No, because he doesn't know yet. If he finds out. Like, they don't know that John sacrificed himself. Oh, okay. I don't know why. I just assumed they put that together. Well, I thought Greg was going down the lines of, like, that now that Dad's gone, th- he's thinking of him differently. Um, so he is thinking of him in a different way than he was when he was alive. So I thought that's where Greg was going with that. And in that sense, I mean, he's definitely thinking of him differently. I think that's probably also true. But I was thinking specifically because from the last episode... Uh, I know Dean has amnesia about the whole event, but in general, like Sam was witnessing Dean haunting his own hospital room and then 
and then suddenly he's okay and their dad's there. I, th- I thought they made a connection there about like, okay. No. They no. just don't know. Okay. Cool. But yeah. yeah, John is not as bad as he makes him out to be sometimes. <laughs> he's pretty okay. So we start the episode off in a little town called Medford, Wisconsin at a carnival. And we get to see a clown. This was a great opening, uh, a great shot, by the way. So the little girl sees a clown. They go home. She sees him on the way home again. And her first two lines are both, look, mama clown, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> but then they get back to her house and the clown's outside and the girl just lets the clown in. <laughs> Can you guys do me a favor? Yeah. <laughs> Please raise both your daughters better than this. My wife and I were talking about this. She was watching it with me and she's like, okay, so like she just lets her in. And I was like, okay, I can see my two year old being like, oh, cool. He's funny looking. I'll let him in. But that girl was like eight or nine. Yeah. Like at that point, you're like, oh, this is stranger danger. I hope so. (laughs) So I was holding out hope that there was a supernatural like hypnotic element to it. And it's later revealed that there's not. He needed to be invited in. But I'm still kind of telling myself that because it doesn't make sense for any child of that age to be dumb enough to let a clown in in the middle of the night. That's insane. It's insane. And that girl's insane and he got her parents killed. So (laughs) nice job, Nora. (laughs) But also, if my kid ever says, look, mom or look, dad, a clown in the middle of the night on the side of the highway... I'm leaving my kid in the middle of the night on the side of the <laughs> That's right? terrifying. How did she casually, yeah, how did she casually just like shrug that off? Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah seeing clowns in the nighttime. Like, kids are creepy. It's normal. Kids are creepy. Kids are creepy. That being said, like, why do you guys think clowns in general are creepy? Like, do you think it is from media or do you think there is this like underlying like fear of them? So I read this really interesting idea that clowns present a false sense of themselves to people. And they they have that like fake smile painted on their face mm. with different and you don't know what's going on behind it. So it's but it's not just that it's seeing that type of thing out of context. So, uh, yeah, yes, clowns are fine in their natural environment of where clowns belong. But as soon as you take that persona and put it in the middle of a dark street or on your front porch in the middle of the night, there does become something wrong with it because it is someone hiding behind this facade. I like that. It's very psychological of like you have this uneasy feeling that without a lot of introspection, you don't realize why and what you were talking about with the painted smile and like there's a facade combined with the out of context part. But I do think there is a, like Bruce was talking about the media and it's a negative feedback loop. Like what you were saying, Casey combined with writers taking advantage of that sort of creepy feeling. Stephen King being the most famous. Um, And then you have a whole generation growing up with the movie. It being terrified of it and then so they're terrified of clowns in general and then there's just more media about terrifying clowns and then 
And then we had a clown scare. What was that like five years ago? That was yeah. fun. Remember when that was the most terrifying thing? <laughs> <laughs> um, and don't forget, we also had uh, John Wayne Gacy. Oh, yeah. Who oh, actually yeah. killed people and that dressed up as thing. a clown. So there's that, too. I, I feel bad was for it? clowns, man. They got a bad rap. So then we transitioned to watching Return of the Jedi. Oh, the, the funeral pyre. Oh, OK. There it is. <laughs> we get the funeral pyre of them burning John, which these <sighs> days is called an open air cremation. And in case you're wondering, um, it's not illegal in the United States, uh, except for in a town called Creston, Colorado, where you can have it officially done. Yeah. So about that. I don't know how custody of a body works, but I feel like it shouldn't be doable. Cause I feel like even 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 if you could theoretically get custody of the body, I feel like there would still be follow up about, hey, what'd you do with that body? Would there be though? It's a biohazard. I mean, I guess I guess my better question is, who are they gonna follow up with? The fake name that John gave him. That's true. That's true. Okay, good point. And that was sort of why I was thinking why they were doing all of that, just because it was he was so off the grid that it it just sort of didn't matter anyway. I just now realized why they burned his body instead of burying him. Like the whole, uh, what do you call it? Like salt and burn the bones. Like just get it out of the way now instead of burying him. I just, Man, I just not put that together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, this scene reminded me that Sam's last words to John, or no, John's last words to Sam were to ask for coffee, and then he disappeared and died. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> and Sam asked Dean about what, if um, their dad said anything to him before he died, and Dean lies and says no. So he is definitely trying to hide whatever it was that John whisper whispered to him. I forgot that there was even a whisper. Mm-hmm. So after our ritual, ceremony, <laughs> bonfire, funeral, <laughs> funeral, uh, we go to one week later and Dean's working on the Impala. Yeah. She looks rough. <laughs> Boy, does she. It does look a lot better, though. <laughs> I was very impressed to where he was already. <laughs> They did my boy Bobby dirty. They were at his place and he wasn't in the episode at all. <laughs> they just referred to Bobby. They were at Bobby's and yep. <laughs> sorry, we can't get the actor this week. Just couldn't line it up, I guess. <laughs> Sam tells Dean that he cracked <laughs> his dad's voicemail like he wasn't just trying different numbers. <laughs> but uh, he got in there and found a voicemail from Ellen. Yeah, I thought that was silly because cracked or not like like the idea of like him attempting well i i think it was their way of explaining why it took over a week but you could just chalk that up to grieving and hey i know dad's voicemail code and i checked his voicemail a week after he died and found you know what i mean like why why did you have to crack it (laughs) he cracked it (laughs) it might be more of a play on the fact that like how secretive john is that he had a password on his voicemail even though that's very typical (laughs) that was kept secret from his boys right right so they follow directions on the voicemail borrow a sick car from bobby and head out to the roadhouse 
Listen, last season I predicted they were going to take Dad's truck. And this is so much better than that. (laughs) (laughs) So excited they were driving a minivan around. So they stepped into the roadhouse and started exploring around. And Dean ends up with a gun to his back. Mm. And if you're anything like Dean, you're probably thinking to yourself, maybe... Hey! Why is there a gun on my back? (laughs) (laughs) Who is that? That's right. It's our weekly segment where we take a look at some of the guest stars featured on this week's episode of Supernatural. First up, we have the rifle wielder, Joe Harvell, played by Alona Tall. Hey, who is that? So you might have seen Alona playing Meg Manning on Veronica Mars, possibly on an episode of The Mentalist. An episode of the 2009 Knight Rider reboot, Monk, Lie to Me, Leverage, Cult, playing Sonya on Burn Notice, Jocelyn Harris on Hand of God, or maybe it's playing Stella alongside fellow Supernatural veteran A.J. Buckley on the CBS hit show SEAL Team. Hey. You guys remember A.J. Buckley? Yeah, the guy who... <laughs> Got ripped. Yeah. Ripped. <laughs> So next up, we have our new mom, who may have had a fling with John, Ellen Harvell, played by Samantha Ferris. Hey, who is that? You might have seen Samantha on Stargate SG-1, Along Came a Spider, Smallville, or possibly as playing Nina Jarvis on The 4400. And last but not least, we have our favorite mullet, Ash, played by Chad Lindbergh. Hey, I knew this one, but who is that? What'd you know him from? In my head, I was like, oh, this is gone in 60 seconds. It wasn't. It was the other car movie that I looked on IMDb and it said the the Fast and the Furious. Yes, Chad Lindbergh played Jesse in the first Fast and the Furious movie. I recognize him most from a little movie called October Sky, which I have seen an unreasonable amount of times. Really? Uh, Played Odell (laughs) alongside Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. Let's let's dive into that, Casey. What is your obsession with October Sky? Um, first of all, it's a fantastic movie. Um, second of all, it used to be on TV a lot, and it's just one of those flicks like October Sky. Hell yeah! Cool, 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 cool. But you may also recognize him from ER, Buffy, uh, CSI New York, Weeds, or possibly from an episode of Abed Nadir's favorite TV show, The Cape. Did you have you guys seen the cape? I've never seen it. I watched the pilot episode when it first came out and never went back. <laughs> I mean, if Abed Nadir likes it, it's gotta be good, right? <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. On hey, who is that? So Dean is off his game, or is Joe <laughs> just that good? Uh, so Dean didn't hit on her, is that what you're referring to? He's off no. his game because he's grieving for his father. Oh, what happened? Uh, I think we were talking about the gun. Oh, is, is that what you're referring to? Well, nope, I was talking about the girl, but yeah, yeah the yeah. gun was rough. That was not a quick turnaround. Yeah, so Dean <laughs> got a little cocky and uh, snagged the gun off of Joe. But then uh pretty sure Joe just hit him and took the gun back. That was a good jab. And Sam was also taken hostage by Ellen until she realizes that they're Winchesters. Because they shoehorned their names into it. 
And now everyone's friends. Is that weird that they just like immediately bring a gun to somebody who comes into their bar? Yeah, I thought that was it. Lo- <laughs> oh, they did pick the lock, so there's that. But still. Okay. Yeah, no, they, okay. they broke in. <laughs> oh, that's right. Still. I forgot about that part. <laughs> <What> Details. <laughs> um, it turns out Ellen called John and left the voicemail because she had word on the demon that he's been looking for. I yeah. thought that this was going to give us our alternative to the cult in this uh, conversation. Um, I'm still holding out to maybe that's what's going to happen down the road, but I did not get that this episode. No, instead we get wonderful, wonderful Ash with his beautiful mullet. Mm. And uh, he says that he can track the demons based on the omens, which the boys knew that John did already. So shouldn't have been that big of a discovery for them. But Ash can whip something up in 51 hours for them. It's so specific. I loved it. I hated it. What? It feels like <laughs> this is one of those like what television thinks smart people do. No, no genius is like mm, 51 hours. That's not a thing. Have you ever met a genius, Greg? Yeah, I am a genius, Casey. Oh, <laughs> no. Um, no, I just, I may, maybe, maybe that's how, that's how geniuses roll, but I just feel like it's eh, kind of tropey. Are you saying you don't like Ash? Ooh, what is... I was gonna, I was gonna hold the, I was gonna hold on I mean, to this okay, for maybe we, we can hold it. It's fine. So we spend a little bit of time here in the roadhouse and find out that Joe's dad slash Ellen's husband used to be a hunter who was killed. We don't know how, um, but we also find out that through... John's death, Dean has lost his mojo and uh, just isn't feeling it with Joe. Mojo Joe. I like that they gave him that pause of like, oh, this is what I'm going to say. And then he like stops for a second. And he's like, all right, maybe not today. And it, it was nice to see him like in a way honoring his dad's death by not like putting up that front and like being a little bit more himself at that point. Yeah, it's clear that Dean has like a natural instinct of what he should do in this situation. But oh, uh, girl. <laughs> definitely, definitely <laughs> takes the time to reflect on uh, how he's actually feeling right now. During their conversation, um, she mentions that her dad was a hunter. Um, I thought it was cool because like we've casually mentioned that like hunters are a thing outside of their family. Um, but it hasn't really been like this widespread thing yet. Um, at least from what I picked up and remembered. Yeah, I um, it was... spoiled that, divulged that for you. But yeah, this <laughs> I is mean, we, first. we had already met like three other hunters, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's just kind of cool to see it just like t- talked about as if like this is just a thing that's everywhere. And this is just a casual thing, especially in this bar. Apparently, um, it's where these hunters come to congregate um, or Bruce, it's a saloon. Who calls a bar a saloon? Even the bar owner. Who <laughs> does that? Sorry, Bruce. <laughs> what is the difference between a saloon and a bar? <laughs> who would call that bar a saloon? It's so dumb. I just run this here saloon. <laughs> what state are we in? Do we know? Where, where are you going to put the map? Is it Minnesota or something? <laughs> <The map. laughs> are you just saying stuff? <laughs> um, no, the roadhouse is in a uh, undisclosed location. Oh, well, I guess yeah. I can't. You know what? The map's dead, guys. That's it. So while they're at the roadhouse, Sam catches a file on the bar and 
um, starts talking to Ellen about it and finds out about the killer clown who is killing children's parents but leaving the child alive. And the boys decide to go on a little bit of a hunt to spend their 51 hours. So on the drive there, we find out that Sam is afraid of clowns. <laughs> and he starts to give Dean crap about being afraid of flying. I love Dean's retort. Planes crash. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Sam's retort. Apparently clowns kill. <laughs> Wonderful. Both completely rational fears. <laughs> and then we go to a scene. We're back at a carnival. And we officially have a, a tradition, I guess we can call it, so far in both the first two seasons of Supernatural, in the second episode, we have a Nintendo DS. Oh, yeah? DS watch. <laughs> yeah. Keep your eyes out for season three, episode two. So let's say your kids are about the same age as whatever this boy's name was, and you go into a carnival. Would you take a DS with you? Absolutely not. Yes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's right. Welcome to our new segment, Natural Dads, where we take two different viewpoints on parenting. I don't know. I took my Game Boy everywhere when I was a kid. I can't say that I wouldn't have taken it with me. Yeah, but as a dad, would you let your kid take it into a fun house or even at the carnival in general? Yes. Yes, you would. Okay. That's cool. That's fine. You're a bad dad. It's cool. Listen, if he has to get that Pokemon... (laughs) Can't stop him. So continuing along the lines of bad dad, um, this dad decides (laughs) to tell his child that clowns are your friends. (laughs) And then we get the transition to dad asleep in bed, his son next to him. And he says, you were right. He is my friend. And it's one of, if not the creepiest scenes we've had in Supernatural so far. Bruce. Could you imagine if the last thing you saw was your daughter next to your bed, next to a clown? I was trying to think because they cut away as soon as like they show the clown and he wakes up and he freaks out. What happened in between those? Like we never got revealed on how they die. Like they eat him or something like that. Yep. But like, how does that process even work? Like, there had to have been a struggle. Like I was like, does he wake up his wife first? Does he try to protect his kid? I don't know. We missed a good scene there. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even realize that, Bruce. We don't. Even if we don't necessarily need to see the murders, I I just like pictured an axe or something. But like, there's no like murder or implication oh. of how they were murdered. It's just like, oh yeah, he eats people. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right <laughs> and then like the trauma for these kids huh yeah i mean like <laughs> so like it's their fault though right so yeah. that you're right that's even worse yeah. I, I think that just makes it trauma well earned <laughs> you deserve this <laughs> you carry this, this with you <laughs> so the boys end up at the carnival trying to investigate and Dean walks in on the man throwing knives and discovers that he's blind. <laughs> and that's when the other guy from the carnival walks in and they have just a wonderful discussion. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, this guy hates blind people. <laughs> little, little misunderstanding. 
<laughs> little. little. <laughs> I loved how Sam was just in the background, just, just like eating it up. Like, <laughs> are you going to help me? Nope. <laughs> From that, they end up inside the boss's trailer. And Dean gets to be a, just a fun big brother and make Sam sit in the clown chair. <laughs> This episode was really good at those types of jokes. Like they were so subtle, mm. but they were great. Like Dean was on point as far as humor goes. It reminded me a lot of Phantom Traveler whenever they got to play around a lot with Dean's fear of flying. Yeah. Mm. We had, yeah, a very similar amount of fun with uh, Sam's fear of clowns here. I also liked, I don't even remember how this line ended, but I really thought it was leading to, we don't want to go to school. We don't want regular we want to be carnies. I thought that's what he was going to say. I think he just said, we want this. We want this. Yeah. So yeah. pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like they were too afraid to say. <laughs> but from that line about not wanting to go to school, uh, Dean reads into it a little bit and uh, brings it up with Sam. And Sam reveals that he's having second thoughts now about going back to school. I thought it was weird that it was brought up, though, because it's like, you realize we lie to people, right, Dean? Like. We do this every week. They know each other that well that he could tell that there's a little bit of truth to what he was saying. And it turns out he was right. So that's true. And this is where Dean starts to kind of get annoyed that Sam suddenly wants to do whatever their dad would have wanted after spending half his life doing the opposite. I'm with Dean here. <laughs> Agreed. It was a weird role reversal again. Um, we've done this in the past where it's like, oh, Sam is now on board with uh, dad and, you know, Dean's giving se- second thoughts. So it's kind of it's that's always fun to play around with. Yeah. And I wonder how much of that does have to do with the secret thing that um, John said to Dean before he died. I straight up keep reading that that even happened. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam goes to investigate inside the fun house, um, which made me wonder, have you guys ever been inside a fun house? I haven't. I have definitely been in like the weird mirrors before where you can't, you don't know where you're going. Um, that seems so much fun. And like the the flashing lights and like the things jumping out at you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, I've frequented uh, some carnivals in my day. <laughs> Bruce was a carnival. <laughs> Bruce played the circuit. <laughs> And I do, I do remember them being like, I was generally freaked out about it, but looking at these uh, things that they were showing, it's exactly what it is. It's, <laughs> it's that hokey, but because you're in the dark and things are flashing, it, it makes it seem more terrifying than it is. So would you say it's normal for a pipe organ to be inside <laughs> of one? It felt like a little bit of a stretch. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure. And specifically brass organs. <laughs> It feels like a lot of money to make that organ. Uh, It was there the whole time, but for some reason this scene, I first noticed uh, Sam's face. And it's been a whole week. Why do the boys still have cuts and bruises? You know, like they should be all healed up just like they were after their faces were clawed (laughs) off. (laughs) Yeah, it was a refreshing change of pace to see injuries actually last. (laughs) Mm hmm. So while they're at the carnival, they see a girl spot a clown. And so they decide to follow that family home. <laughs> Would you guys say that van is more or less conspicuous than the Impala? <laughs> I was thinking of this during that. I, 
it's got to be worse, right? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's probably less. Like, if you just see a van sitting on the road, it's not that weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. That's why vans are used in the movies, because they're just vans. But <laughs> because of media, we're like, okay, yeah, there's probably something in there. <laughs> While they're outside, the boys spot something going on inside. And they run in, and Dean shoots the clown with rock salt. And he just falls to the ground. <laughs> so this whole time, they were expecting that it was a spirit. And that he would disappear after being shot. But nope. <laughs> Drops to the ground. Jumps out the window and <laughs> disappears before he hits it. For a second, I was nervous that it was it was just a guy. Yeah, I thought they kept <laughs> it. I was like, oh no. <laughs> I mean, it's still not good. It's still good that they're going after him, but uh, Rock Salt really wasn't the <laughs> best. So now that they know that it's not a spirit, they call Ellen to try to get a better idea of what they're dealing with. And Ellen's best guess is that it's a Rakshasa. You guys want to know more about Rakshasas? Yeah. In Hindu mythology, a Rakshasa is a type of demon or goblin that have the ability to shapeshift into animals and monsters. They are most powerful in the evening, particularly during the dark period of the new moon, but they are dispelled by the rising sun. While not all Rakshasas are equally evil, the term generally applies to demons who haunt cemeteries, eat the flesh of men, and drink the milk of cows dry. In the world of Ramayana and Mahabharata, two Hindu epics, Rakshasas were a populous race. There were both good and evil Rakshasas, and as warriors they fought alongside the armies of both good and evil. They were powerful warriors, expert magicians and illusionists. As shape changers, they could assume different physical forms. As illusionists, they were capable of creating appearances which were real to those who believed in them or who failed to dispel them. Some of the Rakshasas were said to be man-eaters and made their gleeful appearance when the slaughter on a battlefield was at its worst. Occasionally, they served as rank-and-file soldiers in the service of one or another warlord. Aside from its treatment of unnamed rank-and-file Rakshasas, the epics tell the stories of certain members of the race who rose to prominence, some of them as heroes, most of them as villains. On Kolchak the Night Stalker, a show that was a huge influence on the X-Files and Supernatural, there was an episode that featured a Rakshasa as pretty much just a shapeshifter that ate people. Eric Kripke was very much inspired by Kolchak the Night Stalker, and this is where he got the idea of the Rakshasa from. So they pretty much took that to the Supernatural's writing room and said, hey, it's like Pennywise from It, but instead of eating the kids, it eats the parents. <laughs> Neat. Hey, Casey, how do you kill a Rakshasa? Rock, rock, Rakshasa. What's just your sire? Um, from what I found, they would just <laughs> die like normal. Like oh. they were just creatures that could be killed normally. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But on the show, we have the extra lore of that they have to be invited into your home. They can turn invisible. They sleep on a bed of dead insects. And they have to be killed by a dagger made of pure brass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did the bugs feel like a weird... It was a weird addition, yes, because it never came up. Like We never saw this <laughs> bed of dead insects. Yeah. Sam was searching so-and-so's place, and it checked out, right? So, yeah, it never came up. 
No, and Dean found out it was the blind guy by when he found the clown outfit. Interesting. But here we get Dean telling a joke about just killing a guy. Because <laughs> clearly he just hasn't had his fill yet. What did he say? He wanted to go because they thought at the time it was the um, Cooper, the guy that ran the carnival. And he wanted to go stab the guy. And Sam said, we have to uh, make sure it's him first. And I think he caught he said that Sam was nitpicking. <laughs> wow, Dean. The bloodlust doesn't Damn, end. You gotta calm down. <laughs> so it's the dude. It's a really nice uh it aged okay. The face reveal on uh when when he turned out when the blind guy turned out to be the Worcestershire Sire sauce. Um when it like warps down, yeah, but into it like was a triangle. just subtle enough that it wasn't over. I mean, it wasn't subtle, but it wasn't over the top, and it cut away as soon as you started to focus on it. That was really well done. This is when the episode turns into just like the Invisible Man, and they're just running around the carnival trying to stab this guy with an organ pipe. <laughs> <laughs> so he touches the pipe, and it's hot, right? Yep. And then what, Bruce? What happens? <laughs> And then he just grabs the pipe again. He he pulls his shirt sleeve to cover up a part of his hand. And yes, he grabs it with the rest of his hand. You are correct, sir. Okay, I want to make sure I didn't miss Ooh, that. Too hot. Better cover this section of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Do organ pipes get hot? I, I, I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> Isn't there just air going through them? They can't get that hot, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a normal organ is just regular air, but I don't know if there's a specific type of hot steam organ. <laughs> and let's be honest, it's in it's it's in a funhouse. Is that a real organ? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, um, there w- we didn't see steam coming out of it, right? Just the front. Are steam organs a thing? Maybe we just sound like idiots. I don't know. We probably I just, do. I feel it's like... not steam. It's like smoke from. No, it's got to be steam, steam, right? Probably smells like apples. Smells. <laughs> I mean, even if steam organs are a thing, it just seems like such a convoluted setup for a fun house. Like, hey guys, w- yeah, we we might be dumb. Do pipes get hot? So there's a thing called a calliope, uh, which produces sound by sending a gas, originally steam, uh, through large whistles. Oh, steam because it. Okay. The steam calliope is also known as a steam organ or steam piano. Oh. So it was a calliope. We sound like idiots. I'll cut this part. It's fine. <laughs> I really like the realism of the hot steam organ. <laughs> yeah, you know, this was really a good like musical throwback of um, them featuring a calliope inside. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I can complain about is how the Rakshasa threw knives at Dean and missed where like it was established that he was crazy accurate and he could not hit the body of dean maybe he was just doing like the evil evil villain thing and he wanted him pinned against the yeah maybe <laughs> well maybe he got it he wants to eat you alive so he pins you against the wall maybe that's it oh there we go yeah that that makes me feel better uh-huh. okay what do you guys think about those knives flying you think they the effects looked okay I don't even remember. Bruce, this feels like a leading question. 
I didn't like it. I don't know. It just looked like a computer animated like knife flying. Like it was very subtle, but it definitely stuck out like a sore thumb when they were flying across. I'm not sure why they couldn't just throw a knife and. And uh, wait, what? <laughs> Listen, he got stung by bees. <laughs> You've been all right if you got stabbed. So yeah, the Rakshas is dead. Everything's cool. They get out of town and head back to the roadhouse. Pain don't hurt. Hey! <laughs> oh, pain don't hurt. That's the same movie, nice right? Nice good, Pierce. That's real good. Nice job, Pierce. Sam and Dean are sitting at the bar with Joe, and then Joe just starts giving Sam a weird look. And uh, suddenly Sam has to just go. Just go. Uh, go over right there. Now. <laughs> That's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> I got nothing. I just got to go over to that corner. <laughs> this was where I, I said that they did Joe dirty, where it's been established that she gets hit on by every hunter that goes through the bar. And she turns them all down, or maybe most of them down. And then the one time that a hunter comes through and doesn't hit on her, she's like, oh, yeah, you. I like you. And I just seemed like, um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's not a great look. Yeah, and it's also he's different, Greg. It, was that he's, he's different, different. I, than the other ones? I would feel better about it if they like established their like relationship more, uh, like gave them more chemi- more time to have chemistry. I guess that's fair. For whatever reason, Jensen and Alona just like they really don't have a lot of that chemistry. So I would have been even more disappointed if something did happen between them, just because it didn't feel right. But Ash. Busts his way back into the scene. Clowns, what the fuck? <laughs> and um, he shows the boys what he made. He made his own computer, it looks like. And um, <laughs> has set himself up an alarm for whenever the omens show up anywhere so that they can go get the demon. So are we to take from this that John Winchester is his own kind of genius? Or like... He's so dedicated that he learned so much that a genius took a while to figure out what he was doing. Because I know, I understand most of the point of this was to essentially set up a tracker, and that was complicated. But Ash made it sound like what John himself was doing was very complicated. Yeah, yeah. And he straight up says that no one can track a demon like this. And... Yes, I think it's just adding more to the lore of John Winchester. Okay. And also, like, I think it was talked about that it took him a while to get to this that point as well. That's it's true. not like he just, like... It took him 20 years. Two days. 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And and I do appreciate anything that makes John look like a bad butt, even though we've never seen it on screen, so... <laughs> um, and we also get the little bit of backstory that uh, Ash was kicked out of MIT for fighting. Uh, it's it's a school in Boston. Greg <laughs> <laughs> doesn't like that joke. He doesn't. I loved it. <laughs> I yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we find ourselves back at Bobby's, um, and they're working on the Impala. And this is where Sam finally admits it that he knows what he's doing is too little, too late. And you can tell clearly feels guilty about being a little shit. For the past four years. Yeah. And then he walks away and gives Dean his time to grieve. 
and Dean just goes to town. Boy, does he. That had to feel pretty great. Probably. It's just like, you're in a junkyard, Dean. <laughs> you smashed one window, but it didn't, wasn't he smashing his omen Impala? Yeah. Uh, I think it's a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Could you explain this metaphor for a simpleton like me? Where did he get the car from? His dad. Yep. Okay. (laughs) I really enjoyed this just breakdown, freak out. Um, Number one, I relate to this 100%. Um, I'm the person that will shove those emotions down for weeks at a time. And then I, you know, kick the end table and I stub my toe and (laughs) and that's when it lets out. And, you know, I mean, I break, I'll like hit things. I'll break things. Uh, (laughs) So I definitely related to this a whole bunch because you're like, he doesn't, it comes out, he's good at communicating, but not really. And like, this is his way to finally grieve. Um, My dad always talked about how um, when someone dies, you don't, Grieving doesn't start until basically like everything settles down. So you have like they did the cremation and then they were like distracted by the uh, the mission. So like finally, when things are like normal again is when usually people start to like actually have that, like start the grieving process. And I definitely related like, you know, dad was cremated and their mission was over and all he was all he had was to work on that car at that point. And so that's when it finally, you know, left out. And uh, yeah, and you're right. It, it's a metaphor. He was hitting the car for just out of anger. I'm sure it is dad because I'm sure he knows something that we don't at this point. Just love that scene. Loved it to death. Perfectly said, Bruce. And I forgot to mention it earlier, but this episode also introduces us to a trope that we'll see throughout Supernatural <laughs> um, during the funeral scene. Um, we got the first appearance of the single man tier. The perfect single man tear. Um, so at the funeral, Jensen let out just that one tear that streaked down his face. And he he just likes to cry that way. Um, so keep your eye out for it, Bruce, because that is not the last time you'll see that single perfect tear. Single tear watch. All right. Um, I think we should also mention that this episode was dedicated to the memory of Peter Ellis, who... Uh, Bruce, if you remember, directed the um, season one episodes, Bloody Mary and The Benders. Reviews. I give this episode seven mullets out of ten. When season one ended, I, I wondered, I couldn't remember, and I wondered if they were jumping back into Monster of the Week. And if they were, how were they going to do it? And so far, this, this is the first, well, second one, uh, if you count last week's. And... um they did a good job of finding, like, plot-wise, finding a way of having a monster of the week that had its own origins beca- because their dad died. You know, it couldn't come from their dad. It couldn't come from on their way to finding their dad. So it, it was pretty well done. Um, I think we're going to lose all our fans when I say that I'm not a big fan of Ash. He's not my favorite. Um. I think I really like the concept of the character and I don't think it's the actor's fault, but I, I think the character is a little over the top and just rubs me the wrong way. 
And then, like I said earlier, I think Joe was done dirty. All that said, it wasn't terrible. So seven bullets out of ten. I'm giving this uh, six out of ten um, killer clowns. There were some good parts to this episode. Um, the dialogue was fun. Dean, when he was a comedic, was on it. Um, those little tiny like jabs at Sam for being afraid of clowns were fantastic. Um, even when he was like stuck in the uh, room with um, the Worcestershire, um, he <laughs> when he broke out of the door, um, I think he even says, "I'll stand here." It's some, he has some little quip that he he throws around. Um, so he was just really on it as far as like dialogue went. The killer clown was a fun story. Um, it's been done to death, but it's a, I mean, it's been done to death because it's just, it's creepy. It's, it's interesting. It's we're all, we've all had experiences with clowns and frankly, I don't doubt it. Many of us have had good experiences with, with clowns. Um, <laughs> but as far as a villain went, it was sort of lacking, um, it could have been developed just a little bit more, you know, how was he eating them? Um, what were his powers? He disappeared, but not really. Um, and then the the fight at the end was just kind of it was quick and over and it was kind of I mean, you got stabbed by an organ pipe. So it was kind of it was interesting, but not really. This episode felt more like a setup for the rest of the season. So now we have our base, which is, you know, the junkyard slash the saloon um we have our extra characters that are probably going to be um helped and you know helping us in the future um so it was just it felt more like a setup rather than its own individual story um so six out of ten killer clowns i'm gonna have to disagree with you guys a little bit here um well first of all um our man bruce is out here trying to just destroy the whole clown industry um (laughs) but uh I give this episode an eight and a half mullets out of 10. Um, I really, really enjoy this episode. I love, um, and I know some of this is probably from knowing where we go with Ellen, Joe and Ash. Um, but just seeing their faces again, that gives me a lot of excitement. Um, the fact that we do have spoilers, proof, uh, more recurring characters added to the show, I think is really fun. Um, up to this point, we've had no recurring characters outside of villains and the Winchesters. Um, so it's good to expand the cast in the universe there a little bit. Um, and anytime the monster of the week ends up not just being a violent or vengeful spirit is always a bonus for me. So we did get more creative than that. We added the Rakshasa to this universe. And um, like you said, Bruce, I think the killer clown story was as much as we've seen it before they did it in a really fun way it was the clown itself was creepy and it was kind of sad that it did divulge into this fight against the invisible man but while we got to see the clown um it was a lot of fun um and you're right it is a lot of setup and again it's probably because i know where it goes but i enjoyed it eight and a half mullets out of ten next week on supernatural we're watching season two episode three bloodlust sam and dean encounter gordon a fellow demon hunter who has been systematically killing vampires in a small town. They're back, baby. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, man. Um, predictions. Um, we're going to have an awesome vampire hunter. That's going to be great. Like I said earlier, the bar is going to be like a home base. 
this season. So I'd say next episode, we are going to be back at that bar um, finding out what's going on. Maybe we'll even meet the vampire hunter at the bar. Um, we're having a drink. He sits down beside us. Now, maybe, or are um, you predicting that that's going to happen? <laughs> I want you to give me these <laughs> soft <laughs> predictions. <laughs> um, yeah, that's going to happen. That's yes. that's how we're doing it. <laughs> I put that Dean and Lady Friend may even have a relationship. So in the past, these relationships haven't gone anywhere because they were him just being uh, fake and fake and like. Uh, hiding his true self, but because she knows his like vulnerable side, uh, I think it might go somewhere. So next episode, they're going to go on a date. Do you think we will run into any of the vampires from the last vampire episode? No, because they're probably out working on Smallville right now or something. All right, cool. <laughs> no, I like it. You're, you're predicting the show based on real life. I I really like it. For any questions, comments, or smart remarks, send them to Natural Friends Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at Natural Friends Podcast and Twitter at Natural Friends Pod. Uh, thank you to our fans and our wives for continuing support. If you enjoyed this, drop us a review and subscribe. Thank you for joining us. We are Natural, Natural Friends. Friends. What did John whisper to Dean that he's keeping a secret? You were my favorite. <laughs> you always did everything I told you. Except for that one time you almost let Sam get caught. My name's John and I have a basketball game tomorrow. <laughs> my voicemail passcode is 42069. <laughs> don't tell but Sam. Don't tell Sam. See if he can crack it. <laughs> the confidence boost. <laughs> He's a real smart cookie. <laughs> he went to Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> he got a 170 on his L. <laughs> what even is an L set? I don't know, but it sounds pretty good. <laughs> Joe is your sister. <laughs> I was unfaithful. <laughs> Make sure you're registered to vote. <laughs>